Chapter 7 The Secret of His Presence He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91 verse 1, King James Version To me, this is one of the most beautiful expressions in all the Bible. It is beautiful because it is poetic, but more than that, it is beautiful because it tells us of one of the greatest privileges that can come to the children of God. There is a difference of opinion as to who the author of the Psalms may be. We sometimes think that David wrote all of the Psalms, but Moses is the author here. The Talmud describes not only this one to him, but the nine preceding Psalms as well. The rule is that all the Psalms without a name in the title are to be ascribed to the poet whose name is given in the nearest preceding title. But this rule will not always hold true. This is the psalm quoted by the devil when he was tempting Christ upon the mountain, and it has long provided comfort for every troubled soul. No matter who wrote it, it is beautiful, and all will agree that the lesson taught is one touching our communion with God and our fellowship with Jesus Christ. It is very true that all Christians do not occupy the same position in this world. All are saved, and it is by the same precious blood of Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. However, there is so much more to the Christian life than simply being saved. That is only the beginning. The blessings offered here are given in a very general way. God is not one to show partiality, Acts chapter 10 verse 34. So it is as if he had said that anyone who will fulfill the conditions may have the blessing. And since there is only the one condition, that we shall dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you would think that all would accept, for the promise is that we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The blessings promised here are not for all believers, but only for those who live in close fellowship with God. Every child of God looks toward the inner sanctuary and the mercy seat, but all do not dwell there. They run to it at times and enjoy occasional glimpses of the face of Him who is to be seen there, but they do not continually abide in the mysterious presence, even though this is possible for everyone. It is with the almost unutterable longing that we might know how to abide in the secret of His presence, and with the desire that I might learn the lesson myself as well as bring it to you that I have brought you the subject. May the Lord help each of us. I have been on the mountaintops of Christian experience, when I have seemed to see the face of Him who loved me and gave Himself for me, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, and I am sure that you can say the same. But the text says that we may abide there in our thoughts even while we may be all the time in the very thickest of the fight for God. I like this verse. Every word is sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Psalm 19, verse 10. It is so restful to know that there is any place in the world where we may abide. There is also something very precious to me in the fact that it is a secret place, for that certainly means that God has something that is just intended for me and for me alone. When I am there, I am away from the world. It is the place Mrs. Brown discovered when she wrote the beautiful hymn, I love in solitude to shed the penitential tear, and all his promises to plead 
when none but God can hear. There is something about the word shadow that always interests us, for there has never been a shadow without the light. Therefore, the secret place must be a place of brightness. It is a place where God is, for the nearest of all things to me as I journey in the sunlight is my shadow, and he who walks in my shadow or rests in it must be very near to me. When I am in the shadow of God, I can reach out my hand and touch him. I can lift up my eyes and see him face to face. I know there is a sense in which God is always near us. He is in all things and he is everywhere. However, there is something about the secret of his presence to which everyone is a stranger until he has dwelt there. In the first part of Psalm 119, the psalmist seems to be writing about the presence of God in a general sort of way. As someone else has said, he had been beating out the golden ore of thought through the successive paragraphs of marvelous power and beauty when suddenly he seems to have become conscious that he of whom he had been speaking had drawn near and was leaning over him. The sense of the presence of God was borne in upon his inner consciousness and lifting up a face on which reverence and ecstasy met and mingled, he cried, Thou art near, O Lord. Psalm 119, verse 151. How strong, how happy, how useful we would be if we could only attain unto this. It is possible as well for those of us who are in the very midst of perplexing cares as for the priest or the saint. Since the Master tells us all to abide in him, and does not limit either his meaning or the number of people who may obey, I am absolutely certain that it rests with me and with you to determine whether or not we will take advantage of our high privilege. 1. The typical reference must be to the holy place of the tabernacle, which the priests were privileged to enter. But Peter assures us that we have become in this new dispensation a royal priesthood, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, so that it is possible for us to enter on that basis. If this interpretation is allowed, then it is something almost too wonderful to describe to which we are called. For in the tabernacle just beyond the veil was the cloud of glory, and all the magnificence that could be worked in gold and silver, purple and fine linen. However, I am persuaded that even that was as nothing when compared to that which awaits us when we enter the secret place of God. The writer to the Hebrews tells us just how we may enter. We have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 20. How easy it all seems when we look at it in this way. A Christian is all wrong according to the text if he thinks that all the life here below must be turmoil or strife, for there is an abiding even here, and a sweet, undisturbed communion even in the midst of the tempest. A dwelling place is a home, not a temporary shelter to which one may run for momentary relief as the birds fly to the branches of the trees in the midst of the storm and then leave again after the storm has passed. It is the idea of a home. What can be more restful and comfortable? The Hebrew for the expression shall abide is shall pass the night. 
Is it not a wonderful thing that the experiences that have seemed to us to be heaven begun below, but have been as fleeting as the shadows sweeping the hillside, may be with us all the time? What place is as restful as your home? I know there is a rest that comes to a person the moment he accepts the pardon that is offered by the Redeemer, and the burden of sin is gone. Scripture Come to me, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 This is his promise, and he has never failed. However, immediately following that expression is this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 I suppose someone might secure the former and never come to the latter. Is not that the rest that comes to us when we are near enough to learn of him, which is only another way of speaking of the secret place? What place is as comfortable as the home? There, we are free from the annoyances of the world. There, we have that which seems to soothe and to quiet. Could there be anything more expressive than the words we find in the fourth verse of Psalm 91? He will cover you with his pinions, feathers. It would be almost a sacrilege for someone to use those words if they were not in the Bible, but it is the picture of the mother bird shielding the little ones. What is so warm, so comfortable, as the mother's wings, or the nest that love has made? But listen to this. If you will only dwell in the secret place, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If that would not be tender enough to draw us to him, we are told again, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may take refuge. Psalm 91 verse 4 Home is the place for explanations. There we tell our secrets. If the people of the world do not understand us, our loved ones in our homes do. Psalm 27 verse 4 says that David wants to dwell in the house of the Lord, that he may inquire in or meditate in his temple. There were many times when he was perplexed, when he could not understand God. One time he said, Your way was in the sea, and your paths in the mighty waters, and your footprints were not known. Psalm 77 verse 19 What is as trackless as the sea? Then David said, I entered the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. Psalm 73 verse 17 It was as if God there had made some special revelation to him. It was the secret place, and God had told him the secret of it all, for that is God's way. Did he not walk with Enoch on the way as friend walks with friend? Did he not talk with Moses at Midian and tell him things he could never repeat? I remember very well that John was so near to the blessed Christ that he leaned his head upon his chest. How easy for him to bend his head and whisper to him the things he could not even tell the other disciples, for they were not near enough, for there are things that cannot be spoken above a whisper. If they were, their power would be gone. One could not thus come near to Christ without receiving some special message. When Paul was caught up into the heavens, I remember that he heard certain things that it was not possible for him to utter, partly because he had no language and partly because they were secrets he had been told. 
2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 2 through 4 One of the best things about Peter was that he met Christ after his resurrection after he had denied him with an oath after he had forsaken him and when their eyes met and their hands clasped the same as in the other days except that the master's hands were now marked by the nails they had a conversation how tender the message must have been I imagine it was the turning point of Peter's life for real power. Peter told Mark many things about himself, but of that interview with Christ he never spoke a word. To me, it is a beautiful reminder of the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And if I am only near enough to him, I may inquire of him concerning all the mysteries of my life. And he who made known his ways unto Moses will answer me in the secret place and in the secret way. If I tried, I could not utter what he says when thus we meet. 2. It would be impossible for someone to read the verses immediately following the text without being impressed with the fact that the most remarkable results will follow our abiding and dwelling in the secret place. In order that the subject may be more practical and helpful, I want to suggest some things that will surely be ours when we fulfill the conditions. In the secret place there is peace. In the world you have tribulation, our Master said, but in me you may have peace. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have read that a certain insect has the power to surround itself with a film of air, encompassed in which it drops into the midst of muddy, stagnant pools and remains unhurt. In the same way, the believer may be surrounded by the atmosphere of God, and while he is in the midst of the turmoils of the world, he may be filled to overflowing with the peace of God, because God is with him. This is true no matter what your occupation is, and no matter how laborious. F. B. Meyer tells us about Brother Lawrence, the simple-minded cook, who said that for more than sixty years he never lost the sense of the presence of God, but was as conscious of it while performing the duties of his humble duties as when partaking of the Lord's Supper. What peace he must have had! If you are constantly busy so that you have said it was impossible for you to enjoy your Christianity very much because you were so busy, you may still have this peace because you are in the secret place. I know that it is impossible for someone to keep two thoughts in the mind at the same time and do them both justice, but there is the heart as well as the mind, and while the mind is busy, the heart may be rejoicing in all the fullness of God. The orator is conscious of the presence of his audience, and his heart is touched by their appreciation while his mind is busy presenting the thoughts that move them. You may have all your mind taken up with the book you are reading or studying, but your heart is conscious of the presence of the one you love and who sits by your side. The mother may be very busy in one part of the house, and her mind may be greatly engaged, but her heart is aware of the fact that her little infant is in another part of the house, and the least cry will draw her to the child. So the mind may be occupied to the very fullest extent, and even be disturbed by the things around us, while the heart may be abiding in sweet communion and fellowship with Him because we are dwelling in the secret place. 
Those were comforting words from the Master when he said, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fearful. John chapter 14 verse 27 I may have peace even when trials come. David found this to be true, for in that beautiful 27th Psalm he said, On the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle, he will hide me in the secret place of his tent. Psalm 27 verse 5 The tabernacle was a large tent in the very center of the camp, and when he was there, nothing could harm him. He could be at peace even if he heard the sound of his enemies. But the expression is even stronger than that, for David says that if it were necessary, God would even put him in the secret place of his tent. That is the same as the Holy of Holies, and who would not have been safe there? Here is our secret place again, and this is just where God has given us the privilege of going. Why would we be disturbed, even if troubles are around us, and our enemies rise up to do us harm? In the secret place there is purity. If our surroundings were only better in this world, our lives would be purer. It is very easy to be good in the company of some people we know. They seem to draw out all the good in us. To be surrounded by certain kinds of scenery is to be lifted near heaven. To see a little child who is as pure as the angels of God is to receive a blessing. What could not the presence of God do for us if only we were all the time aware of it? This is just what I may have if I would dwell in the secret place. One of the reasons that David gives for desiring to dwell in the house of the Lord was that he might behold the beauty of the Lord. Psalm 27 verse 4 I wish that it would be possible for me to make as plain to you as I could understand it myself all the beauty that awaits us in the secret place. Think of the gorgeousness of the Holy of Holies in the ancient tabernacle, which is a type of this. Think of the wonderful curtains and hangings of the place, its blue and purple, its fine twined linen and threads of gold. Think of the beautiful veil with the cherubim, with the embroidery so fine that angel fingers must have wrought them, the table of pure gold holding the bread, and the seven-branched candlestick. Who from the outside looking upon the badger-skin tent would have imagined how glorious it was within? In the same way, I do not think it would be possible to make plain to you all that awaits you in the secret place. He who has dwelled there with God could not explain his joy even if he had an angel's speech. But this I know, that if you will only enter in and dwell there, the very beauty of the place will make you pure, and remember that it is only unto the pure in heart that the vision of God is promised. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 I suppose we could have been with Jacob when in his dream he saw the heavens opened and the angels going up and coming down and heard the voice of God, and we would have only seen the dreary mountains around us. I do not doubt but that we might have been with Paul when he was caught up to the third heaven, and we would have seen nothing except the humble surroundings of his tent. I do not doubt that if Paul were here today, he would see God here this morning, and he would have walked down the street with him yesterday. Is not the trouble with ourselves, instead of with our surroundings or our times? 
Every permitted sin covers the windows of the soul and blinds our vision, and every victory over evil clears the vision of the soul, and we can see him a little plainer. The unholy person could not see God if he were set down in the midst of heaven, but men and women whose hearts are pure see him in the very commonest walks of life. There is not a place in the world, if it is right, that we could have been there, and after we have passed by we may say, The Lord is certainly in this place, and I did not know it. Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. And if we cannot say it, it is wrong for us to go. In the secret place there is power. Oh, that all of us might possess real power! This is our cry day and night, yet there is nothing we may have easier. There is no promise with which I am familiar that tells us that we may have power of intellect or of human might, but there is a promise that we will have power after the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And in the olden times, He literally filled to overflowing the Holy of Holies so that at one time it was almost impossible for one to enter. This will come to us likewise when we dwell in the secret place. In 1 Chronicles 4, verse 23, we read about certain men who lived there with the king for his work. There can be no effective service that is not the outcome of communion. Our Lord's Day precedes the week of work, and this is always the plan of God. That wonderful fifteenth chapter of John is founded on that idea. We must abide first, and after that we cannot help but bear fruit. Oh, that we might be so near to Him that we would be magnetized and charged with a spiritual force that the world could neither deny nor resist. 3. I have left to the very end the most practical question of all, and that is, how may I enter into this secret place? Cannot something be said that will make the way plain? It may all be summed up in this answer. No one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal Him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. It is impossible for anyone to enter into the secret place of the Most High except through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, John chapter 10, verse 9. It is just what Paul meant when he said, But now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. There are some places in the Bible where the way seems plain. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. John chapter 6 verse 56. Whatever else is meant by this feeding on Christ, this certainly is true. We are to set apart daily periods of time when we may have communion with the Savior. Is it not because we are too hurried that our vision of Christ is blurred and indistinct? It is only when the water is still that you can see the pebbly beach below. You could not go alone and sit still with Christ half an hour each day or even less time and look up into His face and by faith talk to Him and let Him talk to you without feeling that for a little part of the day you had been in heaven when in fact it was only the secret place of the Most High. 
Christ would be in you, and you would be in Christ, even as in the southern sea the sponges may be seen beneath the waves, with the sponge in the sea and the sea in the sponge. Then we could say with Paul, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Again I have read in the Bible these words, The one who keeps his commandments remains in him, and he in him. 1 John chapter 3 verse 24. I have found that I simply have to go the way I think Christ wants me to go, and to do the things I think he wants me to do, to be able to stand on the very mountaintop of Christian experience, and that is only another way of speaking of the secret place. You could not go where Christ has called you without meeting him, and you could not meet him without a blessing coming with the meeting. After all this has been known, I have been told that the vision still is delayed. Sometimes that is to test our faith, but he will come if you wait, for he has promised. If, however, after long waiting he still tarries, take up the old book and turn its pages with a prayer that God might open your eyes so that you might see him. This is the garden where he walks. Press on, and you will meet him face to face. This is the temple where he dwells. Stand knocking at the door. Even while you wait, it may swing noiselessly on its hinges, and he will lead you himself into the secret place. Did you ever cultivate the habit of talking aloud to God? Sit down this very day, and with upturned face and open eyes, talk to him as to your father, as to the dearest friend you have, one to whom you can tell your most secret thoughts. Tell them to him. The very room where you sit will seem to be filled with angels, but best of all, God will be there, for one could not long talk to him without feeling him to be near. After such an experience, George Wigram wrote, Suddenly there came upon my soul a something I had never known before. It was as if someone infinite and almighty, knowing everything, full of the deepest, tenderest interest in myself, made known to me that he loved me. My eye saw no one, but I knew assuredly that the one whom I knew not and had never met had met me for the first time and made known to me that we were together. May God give us all such an experience. Come into the secret place. Come in. After the Lord Jesus Christ had entered the heart of Ellen Lakshmi Gora, a girl in India, one who was of the higher caste, she was so transformed by his presence that out of the fullness of her love to him she put on paper a little verse for which I will never cease to thank God. Will you go with me, and with her, into the secret place of the Most High, that we may abide under the shadow of the Almighty? In the secret of his presence how my soul delights to hide! Oh, how precious are the lessons which I learn at Jesus' side! Earthly cares can never vex me, neither trials lay me low, for when Satan comes to tempt me to the secret place I go. When my soul is faint and thirsty, Neath the shadow of his wings, there is cool and pleasant shelter and refreshing crystal springs. And my Savior rests beside me as we hold communion sweet. If I tried, I could not utter what he says when thus we meet. Only this I know, I tell him all my doubts, my griefs and fears, 
Oh, how patiently he listens, and my drooping soul he cheers. Do you think he ne'er reproves me? What a false friend he would be, if he never, never told me of the sins which he must see. Would you like to know the sweetness of the secret of the Lord? Go and hide beneath his shadow. This shall then be your reward. And whene'er you leave the silence of that happy meeting place, you must mind and bear the image of the Master in your face.